Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Mr. Sharm in English. We are in the middle of chapter 16, or just started chapter 16, which is the trait of Tahara, purity. And we just said that the main purpose of, well, one of the main things, <clears throat> or the goal of this pure person is that he doesn't allow any room for the Yitzhahara, for the evil inclination, inclination to be part of his deeds, meaning that he's not doing any of his deeds for himself. And we gave an example that, um, you know, the level before this was precious, was abstinence. And the someone who's, let's say, does not, he only takes from this world that which, was ne- which is necessary. So one of the things he, he does is he has to eat. So even his eating, this parish may even enjoy it. He may enjoy whatever he eats. And even though he's eating it with the intention because it's necessary, the point is that for the Tahar, he would actually not want it at all. He's only eating it because it's necessary. And he wants to take zero enjoyment, physical enjoyment out of it, and just doing it for the sake of this is the will of God, and I need this, I need it to survive and to, to give my body energy so I can continue doing the will of God. Again, very, very high level, but let's see, let's go into it more because Ramchal is really going to explain, you know, why, first of all, why this doesn't sound absurd, what's the motive behind it, why, what's the difference, and so on. So let's now going to go, so now he says, you must know that just as the requirement, and also this purity, it's the purity of the thought, that's really what this, uh, this Torah is. However, you must know that just as there's a requirement of purity of thought applies to physical actions, which by their nature are close to being governed by the Yetzirah. In other words, the, the, the evil inclination in, rules over physical pleasure. That's his, uh, that's his home, ter- home base. And you know that he governs that and monitors it very carefully. And any opportunity he can to take something from that, um, he, he runs after it. So just as there's a requirement that purity of thought applies to physical actions, which by the nature which by their nature itself are close to being governed by the Yitzhahara. And the purity is necessary to ensure that these actions remain distant from, the, from his influence. So too does the requirement of purity of thought apply even to good acts, which are by their nature close to the realm of the creator, blessed be his name. So he wants to make sure, this Torah wants to also make sure that they become distant from the Yitzhahara. This is the concept of meaning not doing something for its own sake. We're going to go through the levels here. But what he's saying is that even when a person does a good deed, there's still room for the Yitzhar to shine influence over it. And sometimes it's okay. For example, you know, when a person does something because I know I'm getting a reward, you don't know, well, he's going to, let, let's see, he's going to go into it a little detail. But, but basically, there's, I think everyone can agree there's a difference, but there's two people. One person does the mitzvah because he knows he's doing, he's getting a reward for it, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's actually wonderful. There's a concept in Hebrew, it's called mitech leilishma balishma. When you come to do something not for the right intentions, but then it eventually will lead to the right intentions, that's okay. And we also discussed a little bit of it regarding Zehirizos and Zehirus. In the beginning of the in the beginning of this of this book, um, but so 
the person who does the good deed for the reward, that's on one level. Now, I think we can all agree that if you have a person who does the deed simply because he's not interested in the reward, but he's doing it because God told him to do it and it brings him such pleasure to do it, he doesn't care whether he's going to get the reward or not, then we can all agree that that person is on a higher level. Let me give you, um, I'm trying to think of a good example for you. Um, they actually have a, a story, a famous story with the Vilna Goyen. Uh, with the Vilna Goyen, uh, who says that um, he was looking for an Esra for Pesach. And, and not Esra, I'm sorry, for Pesach, for Sukkot. And it was very, back then it was very, very hard to find an Esra. So uh, they went, you know, all the going around. He's a grand rabbi at the time. Very, very, you can Google him, the Vilna Goyen. Guy was a genius. He was very, also big fan of the Ramchal, who wrote the Sefer. But they all went, searched high and low to find him an esrog. So finally they found someone who had an esrog. And this person said, they said the town people said, look, the Vilna Goyen wants your esrog. So this person said, no problem. They asked him, what's your cost? He says, the cost is very simple. I want the, I, I, I want the Vilna Goyen Haba. I want his reward in the world to come. That's what I want. That's my price for the esrog. Very interesting uh, price. But the townspeople were given very clear instructions by the Vilna Goyen and said, I don't care what the price is. You have my authorization to offer him to agree to anything he says. You must agree. But they had instructions from the Vilna Goyen to agree. So they said, okay. The Vilna Goyen said, whatever price you, you, you say, we agree. So that's it. So be it. They were very worried because they didn't think the Vilna Goyen thought this through. They were very, very worried. He came back to the Vilna Goyen and they said, how uh, uh, the Vilna Goyen asked him, so did you find my asteroid? He said, yes, we found my asteroid, but it came at a very hefty price. He says, knew what's the price? He says, it cost you your Elam Haba, your reward, your reward in the world to come. The, the reaction of the Vilna Goyen was tremendous happiness. He was jumping for joy. He had tremendous simcha and happiness. You could tell that he was, it was a, you could see the excitement in his eyes. He was so happy to give a Bezolom Haba. And they don't understand. His, his, his people went to him and said, I don't understand. Rabbi, you just gave up all your reward. You gave up all your reward for this Esrug. So he says, you don't understand something. My entire life, I wanted to be able to fill the will of God without any reward, without any room for the Yitzhahara. I want to do it totally for his sake. Now, every mitzvah I do, I could say, I'm doing it for his sake. I'm doing it for his sake because I asked it. I gave it my Elam Haba. So I'm, I, I'm beyond excited, beyond simcha. First of all, you see, the, the, there's tremendous lessons that you learn from the story. Number one is the, the tremendous love or dedication that a tzaddik in general has for the rabbinish Shalom and for Klal Yisrael in general, but you see how much he loves the Kodesh Baruch Hu, he loves his creator, that he wants to do it, he doesn't care for the, he doesn't care about the reward at all. All he cares about is he loves him so much and he wants to do his will. I, so first of all, I, I, as a disclaimer, I'm sure the Vilna Gons anyway is getting an amazing Elam Haba because that's Elam Haba just for those reactions. But you could see it wasn't part of his thought process. You know, when you love someone, you find yourself doing things not because you get anything in return, because you love that person. 
And that's exactly the level these great people are. And that's where he's going to go into it. I know I went off a little bit on a tangent, but on the next podcast, we'll go through the levels. But now you can see the difference between a person who does something for the sake of the reward or versus the sake of God. So um, in the next podcast, we're going to go through actually the levels of, 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 of Lola Shema and so on. And we'll try to get a little clarity on this. See you next time.